Like it or not, the senior and elderly population is vulnerable to negligence committed by medical professionals, nursing home and assisted living facilities, pharmaceutical and medical device companies, insurance companies, and everyday individuals and businesses. The Injured Senior Podcast is here to help. Steve Heisler is the creator of the National Injured Senior Law Center and has been advocating for seniors' rights for over 20 years. You have questions, and Steve Heisler has answers. This is the Injured Senior Podcast. Hello, Injured Senior Community. This is attorney Steve Heisler, founder and CEO of the National Injured Senior Law Center, coming to you from sunny and hot Baltimore, Maryland. You are dialed in to the Injured Senior Podcast, where we strive to educate and discuss issues of importance to the injured senior and elderly population and to the children and loved ones of injured seniors and elderly. I am your humble host. Now, back in episode four, we were fortunate to have Brian Therian as our guest. Brian is the owner of the Disability Digest, which is a free digital resource that helps disabled individuals get their disability benefits and maximize their disability benefits as well. Now, Brian has helped nearly 200,000 people maximize their disability benefits and their income opportunities. And back in episode four, Brian educated our listeners about who is eligible for Social Security Disability and how seniors can go about applying for and getting Social Security Disability. And he really made it easy to understand the process, and it was a great show. And I highly recommend that you go into the archives and, and listen to that show because it's a Social Security Disability primer A to Z. So Brian is back with us today to discuss how our listeners can maximize their disability benefits because of COVID-19. Yeah, that pandemic that started uh, rearing its ugly head back in March. So welcome to the show, Brian. It is a pleasure to be here, and I am flattered that you invited me back, Steve. I am flattered that you said yes. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So as we discussed, or as you discussed in episode four, why don't you just give uh, our listeners a quick refresher on how you help aging individuals get their disability benefits? Yes, I will. Thank you. But first of all, thank you for having me back. I'm excited to share this information with helping people maximize their benefits at this time. But relative, a quick recap on how we help people get approved for disability uh, faster is uh, people can become a member here at the Disability Digest. It is free, like a radio or a TV station, where we have ads and sponsors and wonderful partners like you, Steve, that we work with. Thank you. So what we have done is we put together uh, courses, a disability approval course is what we call the entire piece. And when somebody registers and they're going through the process, they get contacted by uh, one of our advocates, an actual real live person. So yes, we are digital, but we do have an interactive component with people. And the advocate will meet with the individual over the phone and get an understanding of their situation, then assign them 
a strategy and the right components of the course so that they can go forward, clearly understand what they need to do, how they need to do it to get their benefits approved fast. Like simple things like uh, what you need to do to get doctor support. And if your doctor doesn't support you, then what do you do? It's just one quick example. So what this has done is just given people the control and the answers to get the right information to Social Security, which is what they're looking for. And as a result, the approval times are much faster than somebody doing it on their own, long story short. And, and you did say this is free, correct? Right, right. That's great. Yeah. So at this time now, people are not able to get to their doctor's appointments. Mm-hmm. The medical field has kind of been turned upside down with COVID-19. My question to you, first question to you is, what steps can one take now at this time to maximize their chances of keeping their benefits in the event of a post-COVID-19 review? And I guess you you might want to start first by explaining why there are reviews. Yes. Yeah, for sure. That's a great point. And this is the part that I'm really excited to get out to people because not knowing this uh, can be very costly to individuals. So first of all, when somebody gets awarded for their disability, Steve, they get an award letter. Maybe you've seen one because you have at one point in time, my understanding, done some of this work. Yes. And so in the award letter, you will see or one will see that there is a date or a time frame for a potential review. And that could be every three years, every five years, every seven years, something like that. So what that means is Social Security is going to review their case to determine if they're disabled. And these are being becoming increasingly popular because Social Security is, and Medicare have found its a way for them to save some money. So that's first of all, understand where you're at in your award letter. If you don't have it, contact Social Security. So the second piece is to understand what you need to do to keep your benefits, which is the focus of your question, if I recall, right? That's it. Yeah. So when you are going through the approval process, the general rules of the game are that you need to have conditions that are being treated by a doctor. And those conditions are putting limitations on you that prevent you from working. When you have been approved, you have to be able to support the same. So now we're in this kind of delicate time with COVID and some people are having a challenge getting to their doctors. That's certainly going to be taken into consideration. As a matter of fact, the reviews right now have been paused and there's mixed information as to when they'll resume, but they will. So for right now, the suggestion, Steve, is just do the best you can. If you can do like Zoom meetings with your doctors or whatever requirements that or whatever's available for you to do that uh, so that you can keep some type of a treatment regime. And some areas are opening back up, you know, gradually now. So first of all, do what you can. Second is most people, once they're approved for disability after 24 months of receiving their disability payments become Medicare eligible. And within the Medicare structure, there is Part C programs, Medicare Advantage plans, which most people that are disability recipients are on. And within those programs, 
their healthcare is now privatized by companies like Aetna, Humana, United Healthcare, and they have all the benefits of A and B, but they have this Part C. So within Part C, there's a telehealth piece that is independent within there that one can use, and different carriers or, or companies have different COVID exemptions for cost, for availability that people can use. So definitely understand your Medicare options and the Medicare plan that you're on and leverage what you have in place right now. It's really important. So I, they also have uh, like a 24-7 nursing hotline that's available. So like, I, I don't know what's like in the Baltimore area, but I mean, the hospitals are busy here in Vermont uh, where I live and you know, getting on the phone with somebody to kind of go through your situation could help you determine if you need to go into the hospital or not, or doctor or not. So those are those are a few things. I've got some more, but I'm wondering if that kind of created any questions on your side, Steve. Yeah. So if I'm hearing you right, you're saying that you need to find maybe creative ways to make sure that you are complying with what Social Security requires, which is for you to continue to remain disabled and get paid, you have to be continuously disabled and it has to be documented, just like you talked about in episode one. Right. And so if you can't go in to see the doctor because of COVID-19 restrictions, then you should be doing, you know, if you can, telehealth appointments. Did you mention the, the home-based workout journal? Uh, I didn't. Oh, like working out at home? Yeah. Oh, yeah, like home workouts. Okay. So, yeah, for sure. I mean, that's a, that's a great point. So within most of these Medicare Advantage plans, they do have the Silver Sneakers uh, gym membership that you can go to, but most of the gyms are closed. But many of the plans have work-at-home structures or different ways that you can get coached, counseled even, or fitness and different you know, stretching, flexibility, pain relief regimes uh, that one can do. Yeah, for sure. That's a great idea. Okay, yeah. good. And it's all included in these zero premium plans for the most part. Yeah, it's all, all available. So provided that uh, individuals uh, are going to be found under review, they're going to be found to, to be disabled at the time that they're reviewed, how much money can one make while still receiving their benefits? Oh, the million dollar question. It was going to come at some point. You knew that, Brian. <laughs> yeah. As I, as I say to people when they ask me that, and I said, don't you want to know the part that you, how much you can make, keep your benefits and not go to jail? Um, right. Right. So, so that's a great question. So I want to address it in two ways because there's two figures that float around out there, Steve which is confusing. So first of all, for those that are going through the disability approval process, they have one amount that they can make and apply for their disability benefits. And that right now at the time of this recording is $1,260. So you can work and earn money. That's the concept. However, a word of caution to those of you trying to go through work and get approved, those cases are very, very difficult to get approved, awarded, because Social Security 
will look at it and say, geez, you know, if you can do a little bit of work and earn some money, maybe with reasonable accommodations, you could do some more or a different job. So just be very careful about that. If you're a member at the Disability Digest, we can uh, talk to you more in depth or listen to some of our information. So that's one part. Once you're approved for disability, the figure is different. It is right now at the time of this recording, uh, $910 that you can make. So how that works is if you are working and collecting a paycheck, a W-2, like you're employed by somebody, then it's the gross amount of money that you make on a monthly basis. If it's under $910, then there is no impact on your benefits. There is, you know, you just report to Social Security that you're working consistent with your award letter. Now, if you're doing something like uh, an independent contractor, you know, maybe you're running a YouTube channel or whatever it is, uh, pet sitting or or that, then it is your net income after expenses, your net annual income. Well, that's if you're like an independent contractor or you're self-employed as opposed to working at McDonald's. That's right. That's right. 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 And so if you choose to go above the $910, there are also options that Social Security provides. There's a program called the Ticket to Work program that provides gradual re-entry with no risk of losing your benefits so that you can earn uh, above that 910. So it's structured, Steve, so that people can test the waters with no risk of losing their benefits, four, five, six hundred, all the way up to $910. And then, you know, we always coach people that once you get stable there and you think you want to, you know, go for it, then it's time, but try to do something on a limited basis first uh, and prove that you can consistently perform there. Yeah, but is this going to be held against you by Social Security if you talk about the historical ticket to work program? If you're working and eventually you're you're now earning over $910, obviously that's going to set off a red flag, right? So is it with the expectation, is Social Security you know, do they have the expectation that if you if you are involved with the Ticket to Work program that you are going to at some point then come back into the workforce and your disability benefits will stop? Well, perhaps they could, but the Ticket to Work program, in my opinion, it's not successful. Uh, I think it's maybe 10% of the people that enter into it succeed. And... My assessment on that, Steve, is that, you know, it's difficult to get approved disability. Most people have legitimate long-term impairments. They're just not able to work. So, yeah, it's just going back to full-time has proven historically not to be successful. And there's all kinds of incentives and tools. And frankly, for Social Security and for other people that are, you know, taxpayers, you know, there's that whole ambition to get people back into a into that situation, but they, and, and many people want to, they are just not able to. Right. Well, how has the crisis affected the opportunity for disability recipients to supplement their income? So we're in COVID-19 now, what other ways can, can disability recipients who are not going to be able to go back to work, uh, how can they find ways to supplement their income? Sure. 
it's actually, I think it's been fantastic for people with disabilities for a variety of reasons. One is the business in general has become, uh, for big business, it's become socially acceptable, not social, but like it, uh, it, it's forced people to go uh, online. And, and some that weren't online before, now they've had to go online and they might stay there. So creating online jobs uh, is ideal for this marketplace. Like I was on the phone with GoDaddy earlier today, speaking with one of their service team members, and they've remoted everybody now, and they and which they hadn't before, and so now their their gentleman Jason was telling me it looks like it's going to stick, uh, you know, after COVID because it's working. So online positions, working from home, first of all, is an advantage for people with disabilities, and a lot more businesses are doing it. And what that has done is it's created a demand for more home-based workers, Steve. Large right. companies that, you know, like I said again before, that haven't done it are, are, are now doing it or doing more of it. And some of the other things that have helped with this is uh, there's companies out there, and we operate this way as well, and we just finished a, a large joint venture with a major employment agency uh, that offers part-time shift work positions. So for somebody entering back into the workforce, in my experience, it is what, is, what has worked best is um, an environment where they can work 12 to 15 hours a week to start. And they're working on a team or in shift work so that if they're not able to go, they can get covered, reduces the stress. And if you can get to 15, then, okay, you could stretch to 20 and, and do that. So think back to the Ticket to Work program. What hasn't worked is that's like going from zero to 100, right? You're going right in. They want you ramped into a, into a full-time work environment right away. So companies like ours, um, and we have a small team here, you know, that's what's worked for us. And this, this partnership with NTI that we've just completed, um, they, they are, you know, they're dealing with government contracts, you know, box retailers, airlines, all kinds of different companies. So yeah, I, I'll tell you, I've been doing this since 2006. This is the best time that I've seen for the opportunities for people um, that have limitations, disabilities, or maybe they're just a senior that's on retirement that's looking for something to do. And they've, you know, they've kept in the game with their, you know, with their computer skills from their grandchildren. Or, you know, so there's, there's just, it's a good time. And it's especially a good time to be involved in an online occupation or part-time work, something that you can do uh, remotely from home on your computer, correct? Right. Yeah, yeah. And just a, a few tips, if I could, Steve, for people sure. out there thinking about it. I mean, you do need to have some, some basic tools in place, high-speed internet access, not wireless, like typically you're going to have to have a, you know, uh, hardwired internet into your computer, just a cord that goes in, and a pretty, you know, recent computer. But if you have that, I mean, you're good to go. So that's one. The other thing, if you haven't worked in a while, 
and you know your typing skills, your your email management skills, other things like that that you might need. You might want to give some thought to you know do practicing up, like doing some things, maybe volunteering or doing something. If you're not able to find your job, ideal job right away, just so you can start getting you know getting those skills brought up to speed. Those are just a few tips for people. Oh, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. What about if you're a senior or elder that you're a little intimidated by the computer and might need some type of beginner's course and just how to get the basic skills down to operate or be able to earn a part-time income on, on the computer? I mean, I, I, I don't... If, if it's a senior, if it's somebody that's on like social security disability, right. I'll just start there uh, and then I'll address the seniors. There's vocational rehabilitation people that would love to do that. That's what they'll do. You go in, they'll assess you, they'll find out you know what you need. So that's definitely a place to start. Well, who do they contact? And not to interrupt you, Brian, but if you're uh, on disability benefits now and you want to get those skills, I mean, did do they just contact their local social security office to get uh, hooked up with a uh, vocational rehabilitation counselor? Or how, how is that actual in practice? How does that work? You can just open a browser and go to, you know, my local vocational rehabilitation center. Um, if you're working with somebody here at the disability digest on your journey, they'll point you in the right direction. Good information. Good information. Yep. Appreciate yep. it. Um, so that's, that's it. There's also uh, organizations out there that could help seniors um, that are not on Social Security Disability, and those are called Centers for Independent Living. Most these are government-run, government-funded uh, organizations that are, provide free resources and many different resources, but one of them is like, you know, coaching, career counseling, reemployment, that type of stuff. But I know like in the circles I've been traveling in, there's a lot of, with everything that's going on, there's a lot of opportunity to access different, you know, learning platforms. Like here in Shalott, a little town I live in, we have a senior center and they have, you know, courses on how to use computer, how to do just different technology stuff for seniors. Great. So, for sure, you've got to be willing to get out there, get uncomfortable if you haven't done anything like this, because it is a whole new game, you know, getting on your computer, putting on a headset and talking to somebody um, and following, you know, what to do and what to say. That's great advice. And, you know, my dad is 87 years old. He can't even turn a computer on. And we've kind of like shrugged. I mean, he's 87 and he's kind of set in his ways, but we've kind of shrugged our shoulders and said, you know, what are we going to do? But I am going to look and find where the closest independent center or center for independent living is in the Baltimore area. And I'm going to personally chauffeur him there because my mother, who's 84, you know, she's gotten it taken care of. But uh, my dad is really lagging behind. So that's great advice. And for our listeners out there, the Centers for Independent Living is a resource that you, sh you should seriously consider and investigate. 
So, so thank you. Thank you for yeah, that, Brian. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt one of my bad habits, mm-hmm. but I get excited about this. I have, um, actually it was yesterday. I just did a, a tutorial, a video tutorial where somebody can uh, watch the video. It'll show you how to go into your local area and find your local center for independent living. So if you'd like to include that as a resource in the replay, then uh, just remind me and I'll make sure that we make it available for you. It's a helpful tool. You got it. Thank you. Brian, I want to shift to another question. What extra benefits can disability recipients make some extra income on because of COVID-19? Okay. Great question. My favorite one. So what has happened is the government has put in a, um, an exemption, if you will, to the Medicare regulations to allow people to access more resources during this period of time. And how it works is this. If you are Medicare eligible, you typically have the opportunity to change plans from the period of uh, October 15th to December 7th. They call that the open enrollment period. So that's when you can look at new plans, change new plans, all that. There's a few exceptions, but for the most part, that's the general population. So what the government has said is right now, um, if you're in a state that has been declared a disaster, which many states have, you know, Vermont, Florida, Texas, California, you know, all the major ones we've been working in, that you can find a, another plan that would do that. Now, this is where there's been the most movement for us to pick up, um, help people pick up uh, monies, because most people have the set it and forget it mentality with their Medicare. Uh, they get on it, they don't review it annually, and there's new plans every year. So, what, is, what happens is this is a very competitive market for companies now. You have your part A, your hospital, and your part B that are standard that everybody gets. And then you have part C or part D. The part C and the part D, especially part C, has become very competitive because how part C works is Medicare pays companies, private companies, big companies like United Healthcare, Humana, Aetna, Blue Cross, Blue Shield, to manage your healthcare. So one gets all A and B, plus they get all these other benefits. So this is where I'm going with this. If somebody's on or on a Part C plan, or it's just maybe on uh, A and B or whatever, whatever their situation is, and they come to us, which most of the questions are, I need some extra cash. I'm stuck in this COVID thing. So we look in the area, and commonly what we've been able to find for people is different ways for them to either offset household expenses or actually just get straight cash back in these plans. So here's two two ways in which it works. These plans have what's called shopping credits, OTC benefits, over-the-counter features. And the companies, you, you get enroll in this plan, it's zero premium, it doesn't cost anything, and you get all the benefits associated with it, one of which is this OTC feature, which could be 50 to 80 or or $100 a month 
and shopping credits. So you're not, you know, this is not a cash benefit, but you can purchase stuff at typical drugstores that are common household expenses, anything from, you know, uh, Band-Aids, suntan lotion, toothbrushes, uh, you name it. You think about CVS or Walgreens, and that's what you have access to. So that's one thing that helps offset traditional expenses. Wait, you're saying that they will give you, well, send you a check for the amount you spent up to about 50 to $80 if you go into a CVS and buy a toothbrush? It's commonly shopping credits, which you get uh, like, uh, like a debit card that you use or an account number and you just shop online and they, they, they deliver it to you. Some of the companies actually allow you to go into a physical store, uh, but it's more popular now because of our audience just to have it shipped to their house. Great. Okay. So that's one. And in a lot of markets now, because these plans have become so competitive, they offer a cash back feature by moving to the to the plan. So I had a gentleman in in Florida, and called same question, looking to pick up you know some some extra cash flow. So in that market there, they have a plan that pays them a hundred dollars a month uh, as a Medicare Part B premium uh, buyback. So instead of paying the one forty four sixty for his Medicare Part B, he now pays. Forty-four sixty in this example, and that also um, in his situation, he did not have any shopping credits, and he picked up—I don't remember exactly—fifty or sixty dollars a month in shopping credits. So he had a hundred and fifty dollars swing in his cash flow. So those are some of the common examples that uh, are available. But there's—I mean, there's other ones. So giving another example, we had. Um, a group in Arkansas, husband and wife. It wasn't necessary for them to change any plans. They were entitled to a state uh, subsidy that they didn't know about. So for individuals that have certain uh, low-income requirements, your local state, or we can get the local state to pay for their Medicare Part B premium, which is now one forty-four sixty. So the husband and wife had the 14460 that uh, they were you know on track to be paying forever so the state of arkansas applied get that relieved so what's that like $300 a month close to $3600 a year you know and you're looking at somebody that has uh, you know, probably their combined disability income their social security combined income is maybe around 2000 so it's a pretty big swing. They were delighted. So those are some of the areas where you where there's low lying uh, fruit. And but commonly, what happens in addition to that again is the plans change. They get better and better every year. People haven't looked at the new ones. Maybe they're getting twenty dollars a month in office copays by seeing their doctors that they could also you know pick up or get out of. So the, the general message is just be aware of what your options are and make sure you choose the right one. Well, that's what I was going to say. So these are options that I'm not on Medicare. I'm a senior. I'm not on Medicare, but I'm sure even people that are on social security disability or are seniors and are on Medicare just don't know about. And what you're telling me is that if our listeners go to the disability digest, 
they can learn more about these options that they have. You gave some great examples and explained it phenomenally, but people are going to want to learn more and they're going to forget a little bit. So to get the scoop on this stuff, they need to go to the Disability Digest where there'll be the resources there. And did you tell me that they can actually schedule online a time to talk to a disability advocate who can give them more information and help them with these uh, with these issues? Yeah, yeah. I'd like to have, uh, you know, a 30-second commercial on this to explain how we run this part of our business, if I could, Steve. Um, I'll give you I'll give you 30. Go ahead. You got 30 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> so, somebody comes and they register and because there's no two situations alike, the zip code, their income, their conditions, all that. We have a team of individuals here, Medicare specialists, licensed insurance agents that just specialize in Medicare that one would have access to to talk to. Now, this is totally free and I want to explain how it's free and how it works for us here. As, uh, as insurance agents, myself included, and others that work for me, we get paid by the insurance companies to manage the plans that we put individuals on. So for example, in most markets, we represent the top five or six different companies. And if we suggest a plan, somebody gets on it, and then there's no charge for the service. There's no additional charge whatsoever because there's no premium on most of these plans. So it's free to those that are the recipients, the beneficiaries. Now, on our side, what it has done for us, speaking of going back to work, is it allows me as an individual to put people with disabilities and limitations back to work. Most of the people that do this work here are on Social Security, they have conditions, they know it firsthand, and they're advising others of the same. And behind the scenes is we're pulling all this money out of insurance companies to finance this effort. So when somebody works with us, I tell them right up front, listen, we are very grateful for your business that you placed your trust in us. It's going to help you out, and it helps us put people back to work. I might that have been 35 awesome. seconds. No, I yeah. think it was closer to like a minute, but you know, we're, we'll, <laughs> uh, we'll let it go this time, Brian. <laughs> now I appreciate it. And I think that it is a wonderful service that uh, can be accessed by our listeners and uh, our disability recipients. So that's awesome. So if they want to get a free benefit review, what do they have to do? So I'm not sure how you're going to distribute this or where it's going to go, but we can put a link below um, where one can come in and just fill out a form, give us their, you know, their zip code information, et cetera, and then they'll be in touch. Now, I will say to those that are out there right now, uh, most of these incentives are targeted to be done. You know, it's an, it, it, we, we don't know how long they're going to be. Some might be done at the end of June or shortly thereafter. So I would definitely take action on it right away so that we can have the best opportunity to help you out. Well, they can also go to the Disability Digest as well, right? I mean, they, can they navigate their way if they go to the Disability Digest? Yep. If they go to the disabilitydigest.com, for sure, they can get a general membership. Um, I was going to put a special link for your group down below. 
Um, we so can do we that too, but yeah, depending yep. on when they hear yep. this. And um, yeah, I mean, if they, and if somebody is like, eh, you know what, I just want to learn more about you guys, check us out on YouTube, Facebook. We've got a Facebook page. We have Facebook support groups that help people getting approved, that help people that are on benefits. So yeah, just whatever works for you. But great. I just encourage people to take action because it's a great time right now to maximize your benefits for sure. Yeah. A little ray of sunshine in an otherwise cloudy last couple months. Um, Amen to that. Dark. I think dark's the word. Brian, the information is valuable and and really, really helpful. And you said that obviously you gave the disabilitydigest.com as the main hub. What about on and you mentioned you have a YouTube channel. Are there any other social media platforms that they can find you on? Uh, no. Well, LinkedIn, but it's not really uh, yeah. geared towards us. But yeah. Okay. All right. Primarily those two. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Brian, I have to say you over-delivered again, you know, so I, I'm, I'm just so happy we had you on the end. We're going to have to have you on again a third time. Maybe okay. we can talk more about Medicare in general and then the Medicare plans in general on our, on our next show or just other ways for our audience to uh, maximize their disability benefits. I've been on your website and there's just so much information on there. Uh, and it's it's all good stuff. So thank you, Brian. And uh, like I said, we're going to have you on again. Injured Senior Community, if you have any questions or want to talk to me at the National Injured Senior Law Center and have me investigate an injury that you might have sustained or just have a question about an injury or a medical malpractice or or anything that caused you to become an injured senior, get in touch with me. All I have to do is just Type in info at injuredseniorhotline.com. And uh, that's my email address, info at injuredseniorhotline.com. And I will be more than happy to discuss your situation with you. Also, audience and injured senior community, I am looking for individuals who want to come on our show and talk about their struggle or their triumph over an injury or a condition or disease such as sepsis or, or anything, uh, we want to hear some stories. If they're inspiring, that's great. But if not, we want to educate the community, our listeners, about different situations that happen as a result of whether it's negligence or not, uh, just a medical problem that happened and uh, we want to learn from it and uh, we want to hear about it. So all I have to do is audition for the show and get in touch with me again at info at injuredseniorhotline.com and say, hey, I want to come on the show and I will reach out to you and we'll talk about it. And again, we talked about that special link. Brian talked about that special link. So if you want to learn about more about what you heard today or read the show notes, just go over to uh, the page that has our show notes, which will have a summary of today's show and we'll have the link that we talked about. And uh, feel free to reach out to us if you have any questions about that. And again, one more time, you can get in touch with me at info at injuredseniorhotline.com. Our uh, National Injured Senior Law Center website is www injuredseniorhotline.com. Also, 
Injured Senior Community. I really would appreciate it if you would subscribe to this podcast. And if you, when you subscribe, have a listen and uh, then go ahead and review and rate us. I have no problem with any uh, suggestions on how we can be better. I'm sure you probably want me to talk less. Uh, but, uh, that, that's all good. Whatever you think is best. I'm, I'm only looking out for the listenership and the community and I want everyone to get the best possible experience they can. So thanks again for listening to the show. Be sure to tune into next week's show and I will talk to you next week. Be safe, everybody. Thanks for listening to the injured senior podcast with Steve H. Heisler. If you enjoyed the podcast, Please rate, subscribe, review, and share on Apple, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. To find out more or to get help anytime, go to InjuredSeniorHotline.com or call 855-622-6530. We'll see you next time.